Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. <laughs> the combo. Look, man, I want to get to the main storylines, but sometimes it gets a little crazy. Before we hop on the mic, I promise we will talk about all the important stuff. Mitch Kupchak just got done speaking, I believe, at the Spectrum Center. We were out there live for the end of season media availability. Got a chance to talk with Steve Clifford. Also, at the very end of the show, we had a chance to talk with Mark Williams. Both of those interviews, you can find on our website wfnz.com we'll have some of that mitch Kupchak audio at the very end of the show we got to get it get a research team on it gonna get everybody i think shroppy is on it as well fitty i know fitty is is the authority figure to one shroppy and so he said look man we need this audio for the people at 220 get on it shroppy so we are going to get all of that audio for you and you can share your thoughts and your comments on the garage door guru text line 704 570-9610. I didn't know what the biggest story was today. I didn't know if it would be Bryce Young being in town for his official visit with the Carolina Panthers. They're now holding court, recruiting some of the top four guys. So Bryce Young in town, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, they're going to do the same thing they did for the pro days. They're going to have everybody in. They're not really showing their hand on who they're going to pick number one overall. So I didn't know if it was going to be Bryce Young being in town today or whatever. I didn't know if it was going to be some of the comments from Mitch Kupchak. I didn't know if it was going to be comments just dissecting the audio from yesterday. But we did get some breaking news coming in on Tobacco Road. A couple of different pieces of breaking news, but none bigger than Kyle Filipowski announcing. You're saying there's more breaking news? No, oh, I just said breaking yeah, no, news, and that yeah, triggered I was the, wanting to make you feel good. Yeah, but no, I like it. Because well, I'm always the one doing the news breaking. I mm-hmm. wanted you to be Walter Conkite or... No, that's did Cronkite. I get it right this time? I think uh, Walter Cronkite. Yeah, I know. think you got it right. So I just wanted to make you feel like you were you were doing something of importance over there. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. So I am breaking news. The sources are Twitter and everybody knowing. But Kyle Filipowski, he's coming back for his sophomore season. We had all kind of known about this. We expected it at least, but it is confirmed. Kyle Filipowski is coming back for his sophomore season. So with that, Mr. Bus Driver himself, Lil Country, why don't you let us off of the bus, Fitty? We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Let's go right to you, the ACC Digital Network Specialist. What do you make of Kyle Filipowski coming back, and is Duke now clearly the favorite going into next year? 
I'm not sure I'd say clearly because I think we need to delve into uh, Derek Lively's absence, Jeremy Roach leaving as well, and both of these guys were so key to Duke's success down the stretch. So I don't know if I can say clearly at this point. Flip coming back, though, is huge. Uh, no doubt about it. The ACC Rookie of the Year, and he was the catalyst ACC Tournament MVP, so that's going to be huge. Uh, Mackenzie Mbako has decided to back out of his uh, letter of intent as well. Would have liked to have seen him stick with it and come to Duke, but I get it. Uh, you know, the NIL bag and all that good stuff. He can go somewhere else and get that, I'm sure. But I think this is huge. I don't know that I'd say clear favorite. I want to see what happens with Miami. Uh, who's going to go, who's going to stay there, and then uh, we can go from there. But Duke certainly looks to be one of the top five teams in the country uh, at this juncture with the guys coming back. Let's send that to the Garage Door Guru text line. Let us know if you think Duke should be the clear favorite, not only just in all of college basketball, but even the ACC with Miami having gone to the Final Four, bringing some guys back. Should Miami get a little more consideration to stave off us saying Duke is the clear favorite just even within the conference. Here's Paul Biancardi talking about how loaded Duke could be next year, especially now that we do know Filipowski is coming back. Here he is talking about it on the Kyle Bailey Show. Well, first of all, Tyrese Proctor coming back is huge. I think he just made himself the number one point guard in the draft next year by coming back. And when you play with Tyrese Proctor, you, you, you better be ready to score the ball because he can put the ball right on a dime, whether it's inside or behind the arc. Now, the thing about Duke's class next year, and I just had a chance to see some of those guys at the McDonald's All-American game, Duke basketball next year is going to look different. They were really big this year with Lively and Filipowski and Mark Mitchell. Next year's class coming in, they are great shooters. It's probably the best outside shooting class coming into college basketball next year. They have four guys for a legitimate three-point threat. So in today's game, shooting is so important. Duke has guys that can shoot threes at a high clip. You add Tyrese Proctor to that who can find open guys. And I like Duke next year to be kind of in a similar position they were in this year. You know, they won the ACC tournament. Uh, they had a great regular season. They made you know, a little bit of noise in the NCAA tournament. Not only do you have Kyle Filipowski coming back, you heard Paul Biancardi talk about Tyrese Proctor. I mean, Wes, I think those two guys alone playing basketball for the Blue Devils next season is a big deal. But now that you have the shooting, one of the biggest weaknesses for the Blue Devils just last year, now that might be a strength next season on top of these NBA talented guys returning, it, it's hard to overlook just how good they actually are. And if they're not the clear favorite in all of college basketball, then they are going to be a team everybody chooses to get to the Final Four as long as they don't massively underperform what their expectations Yeah, are. and that was one of the things that hurt them last year, not having that consistent three-point shooting. Jared McCain won the Power A three-point contest at the McDonald's uh, All-American game, so he's going to be a welcome addition. And that's really what they need. They need that spacing for Flip to be able to operate. Uh, they need that spacing for Tyrese Proctor to be able to penetrate and dish. So I think that Duke, like I said, they have the makings of having a great team, but we did see with Carolina this year that just because you have uh, factors coming back from a really good team, a team that was on the ascend when the season ended, doesn't mean that this team was going to come right in the next season and dominate. They're going to have to work for it, uh, and they're going to have to uh, really come together and get that chemistry to win games and advance further than what they did this past season. 
understanding I might get to a biased opinion. I did want to throw it to Fitty before we transfer to North Carolina like Jalen Withers did from Louisville. But when you're talking about Duke, how much does this kind of ride on Jeremy Roach coming back? Because he did enter the draft, but he does still have his eligibility. He could still decide to leave the draft and then come back to Duke. Overall, what are your thoughts on the Blue Devils this offseason? Yeah, no, they're going to enter with a lot of the same expectations that Heber Davis and Carolina had under a second-year head coach, which is to win an ACC regular season championship and probably go to the Final Four and cut down the nets. And while I don't think the expectations overwhelmed Carolina, I think it was a lot of just a lot of different culture inside the locker room was what really held them back. That is something that Duke is going to have to fight this year if, if Jeremy Roach does come back. if you, You've got Kyle Filipowski coming back. You've got Tyrese Proctor coming back. You're bringing in the best class in the country next year. So I think it's just another parallel to how similar these two programs are that are separated by a mile. 704 number wrote in, Roach kept his eligibility, think he will come back and then transfer with freshman guards incoming. Sucks to see him go if he thinks that's what's he do that? actually going to happen. That's just the 704 text that we got. Uh, we also had Jim Gillen. He wrote in, Kyle got his big bag at least five mil, I'm sure. So there's something I know you were talking about, the bag for mm-hmm. Kyle Filipowski. 704, a different number said, as a Duke fan, I say that they should stay in the top 10 nationally all season long. They'll probably lose around five games. Is that a fair bet? Probably lose around five games or so? And that would get you a number one seed if you did that for sure. Yeah, I mean, the schedule's got to come out. We got to see how everything's going to play out. Are those other McDonald's All-Americans going to decide to open, reopen their recruiting as well? So there's a lot uh, to be decided there. That class is still sitting there at number two on 24-7 sports. But we got to see just a little bit more of what's going to happen with, with the Blue Devils before we do that. But five losses does sound like a reasonable expectation. All right, what kind of legacy play do we have here with Kyle Filipowski? Staying two years, it's funny because here's someone that could have been a one-and-done. Mm-hmm. It You are known as somewhat of an older player in the draft now if you stay two years, especially when you're just talking about the top prospects. And so you might be measuring this on some kind of different level compared to leg- legends of the past. What can Kyle Filipowski do for his legacy by coming back this next season as far as the Duke lore is concerned? Uh, I think he can submit himself as a guy that's going to be one of the uh, all-time Duke players. If he can come back, there's a lot that's going to depend on that. But I think that if he could come back, win ACC Player of the Year, take Duke to a national championship, I think that would definitely submit him as one of the great uh, all-time Dukies. If not recent. You know what I'm saying? So I think he has a chance to really do a lot. Especially now, you have to put things in context. So with him being a two-year guy, if he can accomplish all those things, that would be tremendous. All right, let's go to North Carolina just for a moment. Jalen Withers, he decided to go to North Carolina entering the transfer portal after playing the last three seasons. Was a red shirt with Louisville. Played the last three seasons with the Cardinals. Last season stats include 32 games played. Started 29 of them. Only shot 43% from the field, but he did shoot over 41% from three-point land, and that was on three attempts per game. He averaged about nine points per contest, also five rebounds. He's a guy that is 6'9", transferring to North Carolina, 6'8", so what he's listed at on basketball reference or college sports reference. What do you make of this move? Withers coming to North Carolina. Well, coming back home, he's from Huntersville, North Carolina, so I think that uh, basically what we saw from him at Louisville, I think is a lot of what we'll get at Carolina, because it's not like he's coming to a place where he's going to be the 
the guy. I mean, in three seasons at Louisville, he averaged eight points, five rebounds. Like you said, he does give you a little bit of that shooting that you want uh, from a potential stretch for. So I think he's going to be a guy that's not going to come in and do too much more than that, especially with R.J. Davis uh, back, Armando Baycott back. I mean, right now I would say he sits at probably uh, third, fourth, maybe in the pecking order for scoring because of his experience. But you got to think some of those young guys like a Seth Trimble may take a leap next season. So I think he'll come in and be a solid role player. Like I said, they, they got to get guys for depth. And I think this is a good piece for that. All right. So here's something that I hope is not true for North Carolina's sake. And Fiddy, I'll kick this to you. You tell me if I'm wrong or right about this. Pete Nance, when he transferred to North Carolina, you go back to what he did from the three-point line the previous season. The guy shot 45% from range on three attempts per game. Here is Jalen Withers shooting close to 42% from range on three attempts per game. If you look at what he did in the previous season, it wasn't very good. You look at what Pete Nance did the previous season before he shot 45. It was 36, which is fine, but not on high volume. And then the two years before that, it wasn't very good. What I hope is not happening is that North Carolina, Hubert Davis, is not going after what they think is a good three-point shooter because they showcased that ability last year, only for him to come over to Chapel Hill and then not still have those numbers because Withers, if you look at his three-point percentage, man, it was 23% on just over two attempts per game. What do you make of this transfer and some of those three-point thoughts? You know, it's a step in the right in the right direction. You lost every wing on your roster from a year ago, so you're not in a position to be overly picky as you try to rebuild that position on your roster. You go back and you look at what he did as a freshman. That's what you're hoping he can get back when Louisville had legitimate ACC competitive talent. I don't know, that hasn't really been the case the last two years. So I think what you're hoping is, is you get the best version of him when he's around good players. And Carolina has a lot more of those than Louisville does with uh, with R.J. Davis back, with Armando Baycott back. So I don't compare it necessarily to what Pete Nance did. Pete Nance just never fit. And they just kind of backed into signing him because they missed out on every other transfer portal target. Yeah. So. You know, that, that, that's. I think there's a big difference. I think if he's in a position to succeed, he could be a really, really good player. Pete Nance was ever put in that position. Yeah, hopefully that could happen with Jalen Withers coming here to North Carolina, or at least to the state of North Carolina, after being from the local area, as Wes said, Huntersville. All right, let's try out a new segment coming up next. We got a whole bunch of audio to comb through from Charlotte Hornets exit media day yesterday. It's What's the Buzz coming up next on Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details.
Weston Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I see some of the Mitch Kupchak audio circulating out there, starting to gain some opinions around the Charlotte, not even just media, but Charlotte fan base. We'll get to that as soon as we have some of that audio a little bit later on in the show. I did want to go to some of the text on the Garage Door Guru text line. You can text us on the number 704-570-9610, Garage Door Guru text line. Garage Door Guru, since 2001, their skills, hard work, and customer service have made the Garage Door Guru the number one garage door company to call in the Charlotte, company to call, excuse me, in the Charlotte area. And so here we are looking at Myron Goodman's text about North Carolina. So far, all the transfer portal has done for UNC is make it meh at best. Neither of these additions make the team better for North Carolina. He also said Duke is hands down number one going into next season. It's not even close. 828 wrote in. Kentucky has the best class next year, not Duke. Especially, How does this affect their recruiting class now that you have, and I forget his name, is it Mbako, who is not going to be there? Yeah, Mackenzie Mbako. Yeah, so how does this affect their class? Do do they move down maybe a couple of spots? No, they were still number two. So, I mean, they have four or five stars. I I think that still qualifies you for the second best class. Well, I didn't know. Okay, so I just didn't know if it would be second no, or you're if you're good. going down Kentucky was or... number one off top. I mean, they have four or five stars and one four-star. Uh, but Duke, you know, like I said, they had four or four stars. I think they were number one before maybe this defects. Well, and you have that different outlets. would have given outlets. them five, five stars. We have different two, outlets. Four, seven. I like two, four, seven because they do the composite. I usually go. Where, where do you usually go to? Like, I like I, two, four, seven because they that's do composite. That's what I'll go. That's what I'll go, yeah. Of all you, the sites. That's usually the one. It feels like that is the one to go to. I'm starting to like on three a little bit, too. Okay. What about ESPN top 100 rankings? Do you follow I, that all I, that much? Yeah, I do. I look at them all. The only, and Fiddy's shaking his head. I get it. The only thing to – you can take credence away, though, because Paul Biancardi is out here watching you play. Yeah. Paul Biancardi, mm-hmm. and he's the one that Luke takes and care Bill, of – they have really good guys. Well, and, and is, is Fran Fischilla still doing that for yeah. sure? Still doing some of that stuff? Yeah. Is he really? He I don't do know. high school, but I know he does the foreign guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The big shout out to Paul Biancardi, though. The guy's great. And he, yeah. man, like you just talk about enjoyment watching basketball. Loves basketball as much as anything. He'll call a Queens game with you. He'll go and watch some, you know, 3A high school team. And because they've got an awesome prospect, he loves watching basketball. And so hopefully we will a lot more next year when the Charlotte Hornets are hopefully better. I saw Mitch Kupchak say that the goal next year it is the playoffs. They're going to have to make some moves and certainly rely on internal improvement mm-hmm. if they're going to get to the playoffs. Let's break down some of the audio that we came across yesterday. We're going to try an intro out. You can tell us if it's fire or fizzle, 704-570-9610 on the Garage Door Guru text line. Fitty, what's the buzz? What is the 4 Let's go to the first soundbite. Steve Clifford talking yesterday. He said he loved being back this season as the head coach, but obviously with so many things up in the air, you don't know what's going to happen. Here's more from Steve. Even though it was tough, and, you know, I loved being the head coach again. You know, I didn't even realize how much I missed it, and I enjoyed the, the year in Brooklyn and all that, but I like having a team. I like being in charge of it. I like trying to figure out how you can have positive days. So obviously, I hope nothing happens because I want to coach again next year. But I've also been around this league long enough to know that uh, don't ever be surprised by anything that happens. You guys know that. That's pro sports. So, you know, I'm going to start 
studying, you know, trying to figure out what things we can do to improve. Let's talk about what he means when he says, quote, I hope nothing happens, because I think some people might have taken that as he hopes the team does not get sold to a different majority stake. Or does he mean he hopes nothing happens in the sense of him getting fired? I think it's more so the latter. Now, of course, one affects the other one. But I do think he was talking about I hope nothing happens in the fact that they would be moving on to a different coaching staff. I did think it was interesting, too, how he said he didn't realize how much he missed it. Because coming in, when we all had the luncheon and he spoke to media really for the first time or among the first times, he said that he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild that he wanted to get back to the playoffs. And here is a season that went wrong in every single way. And yet here he is still discussing just how much he liked it. What did you make of that comment from the head coach? Yeah, I mean, I think that it just shows that he is dedicated to this team, that this season did not uh, deter him from wanting to come back and coach this squad. And really the only coach in recent memory that the Hornets got rid of after one season was Mike Dunlap. So you would have to think that <laughs> That's right. uh, they won't get rid of him. We all just shivered a little bit with Mike Dunlap. <laughs> Now, you talk about basketball terms, man. I remember him. He would say some stuff, and I was like, good Lord, this guy's a basketball junkie. Didn't help him much on the floor, though. It was a disaster. And it was funny because Mike Dunlap actually improved the team in his one year after the 7-59 and season, but everybody knew what it was. But you did improve wins total-wise. And so it's hilarious to see that gap, but also we know Mike Yeah, Dunlap so I, I just think that it showed that Coach, you know, he's in, he's in it for the long haul. He enjoys this team, and it's not the headache that many people thought maybe it was during the year, and he wants to come back. So here he is talking about one of the biggest losses, perhaps the biggest loss that they had, and it happened before even free agency started. Miles Bridges, one day before free agency started, was arrested for felony domestic violence since, after what was a long process, he pleaded no contest, which is not a formal admission of guilt, but also it's not necessarily that he was proven innocent by the trial process by any means whatsoever. Still do not know how long he's going to be suspended. Here's Steve Clifford talking about Miles Bridges' uh, Bridges' absence. I don't even know how to, you know, if you can really gauge that, you know, um, obviously he was he was the high scorer he was the best rebounder it definitely has an impact I would say then you look at the other thing so it gave PJ a chance to be an every night starter um, I think which was a positive thing for him you know and a good chance for also for us to evaluate him playing against starters every night in that position you know other guys got more time too and you know as you guys know listen basketball is a game where you know, it starts at the top of your roster, you know, so when you lose a guy who's top two, top three player, it's a big deal. And it's hard to, you know, it's harder to win. If we want to talk about the basketball effect of not having Miles Bridges, I mean, it's clearly a huge loss. This guy was a fringe all-star. He eventually didn't make it. But still, when you're about, when you're at least right on the outside and you have that kind of improvement that Miles Bridges did last year, it's a huge loss. And then Steve Clifford also mentions how it puts guys in different roles and you're asking a lot of P.J. Washington right off the rip. Then, of course, with all the injuries, yeah, uh, clearly Miles Bridges not being here, it had a huge toll on this team and how they would perform on the court. And the thing that I'm thinking about is if they do decide to come back to him, I mean, what do you think he felt this year just sitting there looking at what happened to this team? You know that he has to, if he has any type of self-awareness, has to look at that and say, man, I really messed up bad. And I wonder how big we know uh, athletes and determination and things of that nature, how bad 
uh, that it must really burn inside of him that if he does get the opportunity to come back to give the Hornets everything that they wanted from him and more. Because like I said, a, a lot of this season, you can't put it all on him. But man, he sure can share a, a lot of the brunt of what happened this year. And so that that's that's interesting to me is just his mentality uh, if, if they do decide to bring him back. All right, so just heading into next season, personnel decisions are going to have to be made. External help. Are you going to go through free agency? Are you going to trade someone in order to get some of that external help? Or are you going to have to rely on guys improving from within the organization? One personnel group that's going to be a little tricky on trying to figure out how to navigate that situation, it's going to be the center position. Mark Williams is your starter. That's not really hard to figure out. But Nick Richards, you just gave a three-year contract to, and you traded up to go get Kai Jones in the first round a couple of years ago. How do you try to figure out those three and how they fit on this roster next season? Here's Steve Clifford talking about that with us. That'll play out in the summer, you know. You know, uh, Mark uh, made a made a uh, big difference in our team. You know, our defense actually shot up in the games that he and Nick play. Totally different defensive team than any other time, and uh, they bring more size, more physicality, more rim protection. And then you know, Nick's defensive rebounding numbers uh, the second half of the year. Uh, we're very good. So, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll continue in the summer. I mean, they're all they're all younger players. And, uh, you know, there, there's plenty of room for growth there. Doug mentioned this on Locked on Hornets today. He said he felt like Mark Williams was really smart and Nick Richards was really physical. And you feel like if the other one could adopt the other attribute that Steve Clifford described for the other center, you'd be a complete center and you'd be ready to go. Mark Williams, clearly the best out of the two. The guy defensively is awesome. Even offensively, he has a great touch. He learns quite a bit and does so at a rapid pace. How do you navigate the center position? And just how much do you think that they're going to hold on to all three of them going into next year? Yeah, I don't think that happens. Uh, I think that you keep Mark Williams as a starter. Like you said, the famous start, bench, cut, let's go start, bench, trade. I think uh, Kai Jones will be included in a trade of some sort. I don't think the Hornets are going to completely stand pat this summer, whether they decide to trade the draft pick if they don't get number one and fall somewhere in the two through four ranks. Perhaps they could decide to make a deal. If that happens, you know, this is all reckless speculation. I think Kai Jones is a part of some type of trade package going forward. I wonder about Nick Richards' contract being $5 million a year because that is a nice figure to make trades happen. If you're just a little off on the salaries, and according to the new CBA, I think I have this correct, but there's a lot of details. I need to get our legal team on it. Once we hire that here, a part of WFNZ, <laughs> we'll get them to review the CBA just yeah. so we don't misspeak on it. But I believe one of the rules is that there's not a whole lot of leniency on matching salaries. you got to get that thing pretty exact via trade now, where you had a little bit of wiggle room. I don't think that happens as much, so I wonder if $5 million actually helps you. It's a nice, arbitrary number, but something that everybody kind of adheres to when you talk about something, a nice round number, $5 million, three years. So I do wonder what kind of contract or what kind of player that contract could be a sweetener for. Terry Rogier, he also spoke yesterday to media, and he seems to think that they are just one summer away from really competing. I think we just one summer away. I think this summer is going to be super important for us, getting our, getting everybody back, making sure everybody feel good, making sure everybody feel healthy, and I think we're right there. They still have a decent amount of work to do. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I think with Miles Bridges on the team, the real question is, how good would this team have been with normal injuries 
and Miles Bridges on the squad. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, we've talked about this, we even disagree a little bit, I think, uh, across the room. I don't think Charlotte would have been a top six team. I think they would have probably been competing for that play-in spot and maybe been another 9-10 seed, but I could see seven or eight. I don't think they would have been a top six team, though. So the fact that you were in the middle of the road, in my opinion, in, in, in a world where you don't have as many injuries, where you do have Miles Bridges on the court, if you get Miles Bridges back, then you're going to have to rely a ton on the guys already in the organization improving. If you don't get external help, and, you know, you're talking about trading Terry Rozier. You're talking about trading Gordon Hayward. Well, those are guys that you're probably trading for, what, draft picks in return? Uh, are you getting somebody of equal value immediately, right, to help you? It's it's a weird trade market to try to try to figure out what the right thing to do is for this team. So do you think that this team is a summer away, as Terry Rozier said? Uh, no. I think that, like I said, I thought that they were a – uh, low-end play-in team to a high-end lottery team uh, as assembled if everything was coming back. So I think that they are going to have to make some changes. I don't think they can just completely uh, stand pat. I think they could use a little bit more size out on uh, the perimeter, like in the backcourt. Uh, maybe if you wanted to upgrade, if you were to trade away a, a Terry Rozier and bring in somebody on the wing that will provide you a little bit more size in the backcourt with Melo, you could maybe go in that direction. But um, you know, just to clearly answer your question, now, I think this team is going to tweak the roster a little bit. I think the crux of their offseason will come from Miles Bridges and what draft selection they get. I think that's going to be uh, the main part of what they do this offseason. But I do think that they may decide to make a, a tweak or two. When we were talking about the center position, Stanford P wrote in, isn't Wimby, isn't he that guy? Y'all also fawn over at center too. Is he that guy? He's not a center. Stan Stanford P, man. This music, man, is I'm like Nyquil. I'm about to like pass out. Okay, well we can get rid asleep. of the. We can no, get... I like it. It's dope. Oh, I'm just oh. just trying to be funny. Oh no, no, you're good. Well, I don't want you to fall asleep. <laughs> this beat is dope. No, I don't but want it you is to fall. Very asleep. smooth. It's it's a bun B beat, but yes. I don't want you to fall asleep. That's yes. not the no. thing. No, <laughs> as far as the Whitby thing goes, um, Stanford, Stanford, like I feel like you're a fun guy, P. Like yeah. I do. I feel like you're a fun guy. I feel yeah. like you like the energy. I feel like you want things to be cool around here. Wimby would be awesome. Stanford P, we're going to make you a basketball fan. If they draft him and, at the And I mean, spot, if, if you clearly aren't watching him if you peg him to be a center. And and I don't think Stanford is, to be fair. I don't think. I mean, can you imagine does, that does anybody with the name Stanford watch basketball? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because I love Stanford guys coming out of the draft. Zaire Williams, I was huge on. And uh, his rookie year, he was okay. But second year guy, he hasn't been all that great. But th there is something to be said, though, for another seven-footer to be on this team. Mark Williams and Wimby existing Ooh, on the court. Be nasty. It's a lot of length. Mark Williams has a 7'9 wingspan. I believe his wingspan is longer than Wimby's. I don't think I have that wrong, wow. which is just nuts. Well, I mean, I mean, you've seen Cleveland. Cleveland plays a traditionally or an untraditional big lineup, so... And, and it's because and of it Evan, works. Well, and it's because Evan Mobley is so mobile. That Dude, guy's, he, I mean, yeah. he's crazy, right? I, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> this guy we're yeah. talking about for Did the Hornets potentially would be a two-guard. Who, Wimby? Yeah. Oh, I think... Two-guard three. I think he'd be... He'd be in the front court. He, he's got. He, I think at best a small forward. I think he'd be a power forward too. Well, the problem is defensively, you want him guarding pick and rolls in the paint because the guy true. can just stretch his arms and then also athletically he could just block <laughs> anything. It's crazy. The defense is nuts. All right, here. Yes, Stanford P. You're right. I am fawning at that guy. If he is in the teal, yes, we're getting naked.
Here, I said it right here, all of us. We're going to do the show naked in the Planet Kia Studios. All right, Fitty, with that, give us your first Fitty Flash. What you got for us? Flashes. We're going to turn our attention to the NFL because now I can't get the the image of you naked out of my head. Now I I know how y'all feel when I say things like that. I know. I got excited. I'm Um, sorry. A team in the division has made a splash move, though. The Atlanta Falcons have traded for the former number three overall pick, uh, Jeff Akuda. A lot of people think that the Falcons have traded up for number three. No, they just traded for a a former number three pick. What do you guys make of what's becoming a very aggressive Falcons offseason so far? Well, how about the secondary, right? So they already have A.J. Terrell from Clemson, who has been very good since he's entered the NFL. So now you try to get some help, a former first-round pick opposite of what A.J. Terrell can do. And remember, they just handed out the big contract to Jesse Bates. So really, guys that were highly rated coming out of the NFL draft, some of them have lived up to the hype. Okuda has not, or else they wouldn't be trading him for a third-round pick. Very C.J. Henderson-esque, right? The third-round pick, exchanging hands for a bet on a former first rounder actually living up to the hype. So yeah, they're being very aggressive in the secondary. I don't fault Atlanta for doing that, especially with historically some excellent wide receiver depth. It's getting worse now that Michael Thomas has battled injuries. You know, DJ Moore is not here. Mike Evans and Julio Jones is no longer there, at least with Atlanta. But you do have Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Either way, I do like what Atlanta is doing. Okuda, if he hits, then it's a well worthwhile bet. Well, I think that, you know, at this point, you're talking about a uh, reject. You know what I'm saying? At this point, I'm not sure that he'll ever get back to the potential he once had. But yeah. the thing for Atlanta, for me, they did sign Calais Campbell to help them up front, which I think is a bigger signing than any of those because this is a team that only had 21 sacks last year. Until they get some pass rush, I'm not going to be impressed really with any uh, of these secondary signings because you can have Dion, Rod Woodson, Ed Reed, and Ronnie Lott back there. If you don't have a pass rush, it doesn't matter. But that secondary would help the pass rush, right? Kind of. But I just think in today's NFL, man, not really. You you got to get some pass rush. You got to put heat on these quarterbacks. You give these guys time to sit back there and throw. It doesn't matter who you have covering them. They're going to make plays. All right. The odds-on favorite now, according to Vegas, is in town visiting the Carolina Panthers as the top-rated quarterback. Should Bryce Young be the odds-on favorite? We'll talk about it next. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Here we go. 
The Wes and Walker Show has returned. Don't worry. We're back. We were coming back. We were never going anywhere. I, well, we got the milk. I promise. It's not one of those things where dad left a million years ago. <laughs> we are back. I promise we're back at the house. See, now you're going to have people sitting in their cars crying. I know. Listening to the show. <laughs> no, thinking but, about that moment. But look, look, I, I don't want you to call me dad, okay? Yeah. I just want to be your friend, and I just want to be there for you whenever you need me. That's, Man, that sounds that's, a little... That's just the speech. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's what you get. That's you. what you get from the stepdad. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Fitty's gonna so have to say. They say you bleep you. You're not my father. Uh, the <laughs> daddy move. Then, then, it, then it changes. That's what I'm saying. All right, we're back. Hit us up on the text line. Did you have a moment like that? Are you crying in your car? Hit us up <laughs> on the Garage Door Guru text line. <laughs> the therapy couch right yeah, now. Yeah, seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Hit up those social folks. Hit the follow button. Wesson Walker Twitter, WFNZ Twitter. And the WFNZ Instagram, as well as uh, you can hit us all up on uh, Twitter as well. We all have those. I'm going to break those down for you, though. So you gotta yeah, we already got yourself. some text. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, just was, uh, I'm sorry I hit a little too home. The Fresh Prince gifs galore of Will standing there when his dad. How come him. he don't want me, man? <laughs> yeah, that touched a nerve. All right. Well, someone that is very much wanted is Bryce Young. He is in the city today. And yesterday he became the odds-on favorite to be the number one pick. The thing is, the question is, every day we get a different analyst saying that the Panthers are all in on this guy, all in on that guy. Should he be the odds-on favorite to be the number one pick? I think he should. Okay? I think he should. This is, to me, for me, if logic lines up with what Vegas is saying, with what most people are reporting, then I'm going to go ahead and buy into that. There's just too many boxes that are checked off. Okay. I mean, because this is something we've been talking about, right? When you've talked about Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud was the leader in the clubhouse for a while, and it was all about the prototypical QB that has been in a Frank Reich system. And the fact that he's also really accurate, that he did give us an awesome contest against Georgia where, yes, they lost, but it wasn't because of anything that C.J. Stroud did. And so it made all the sense in the world. It's why I'm totally cool if he is the number one pick. Mm-hmm. But to me, the logic says says, okay, let's get the guy that does have consistently the best tape, that does have also good tape against Georgia, that does have a Heisman Trophy, that does have championship pedigree, that also, yes, is small, no doubt. That is the one thing that is a box that you are not checking off, no doubt about it. It's a legitimate concern. I'm not hiding from that. My whole take has been I'm looking past it because of all of the other tantalizing things that Bryce Young brings to the table. So now that the reporting is starting to come along with this, now that the mock drafts are starting to come along with this, this is why it makes sense. Yes, I totally agree with Vegas. I do think Bryce Young should be the odds-on favorite. Uh, I agree as well. I think as far as if you wanted to have a safe bet, as far as who you think would be the safest person to yeah. put your dollars and cents on. But let's hear from Peyton and Eli Manning as they talk about Bryce Young and try to ease some of the concerns that some of you may have out there. He's been playing at this height for a while now. I mean, you figure it out. Drew Brees figured Thank it you. out as good as anybody, right? You find throwing lanes. It would be different if he was 6'4 all through college, and now all of a sudden he's only 5'10. How's he, he knows how to do it. Right. And that's the shotgun. Now you're already seven yards deep. You can find the windows and find the lanes, and he's obviously done it at an extremely high level his whole career. Oh, what a throw! On the money to Brooks! So I'm not worried about the height at all. Yeah, and he's, he's so elusive. You know, he kind of baits these defenders. They think they have him. He moves. His eyes are downfield the whole time. I don't think that's a factor. 
All right. Well, you heard it right there uh, from uh, two of the great, talk, especially man. one of the all-time greats right there. And then they add some humor in it like you know that they would with mm-hmm. the shrinkage and talking about all of a sudden he's not going to shrink in uh, stature. And so I think that when you talk about how much stock do you put into it, I, I do put some stock into it because, you know, I put stock into all of the top three guys at this point because you hear a different guy on a different day. Now, it feels like C.J. Stroud – has lost some steam, I think, as the Bryce Young conversation has heightened. The more analysts that you hear come out and say it is him, you still have people saying Stroud is the guy. But then I feel like Stroud is just starting to kind of come down a little bit as far as just being uh, people being headstrong about him. And Anthony Richardson is still sitting there laying in the weeds as far as the guy that I think uh, will be the top pick. You heard that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. well, hold on. Like, you yeah. can't just peter into this thing, yeah. right? Like, you got to talk to us and say, are you 10 toes down now after being nine toes down I'm yesterday? nine. I'm going to go 10. I like to be decisive. Well, no, I'm you know, go 10. But, but here's the thing. You always, this is something that just philosophically you like to do. You yeah. say you want to be decisive. I'm not here to hate on you if For you're sure. not decisive right now. Yeah. You got time. Yeah. Now, then we can do the whole, this is my take, 100%, 10 toes down, Blank is going to be the top QB, but we got a little time. Things can change. Okay. So if you still want to go nine toes, that's totally fine. I'm just going. I'm just going, going ten. Yeah, I'm going to go ten, and then you know okay. as the draft approaches, I'm going to go even stronger with my uh, with uh, my take. Ten fingers, screaming it from the mountaintop. It's like Twister. Yes, ten toes yes, and yes. ten fingers down. Yeah. So, but the thing is, that begs the question, though. You know, when we talk about the different guys that we think it's going to be of how difficult it is to get everyone on the same page because I don't care what anybody says. I think if you go in the Carolina Panthers' uh, offices and you talk to the top brass, I think if you pull 10 of the top, I guess, quote-unquote, decision makers, I think you're going to get some different answers. Uh, I think that you may get people who will say, uh, who they think they will take, but they think it should be this guy, who they really like, but they think it'll be this guy. But I just think that when you have uh, so many tantalizing prospects at the top, it's hard. I've said it over and over again. It's like a dating show. If you bring three to four beautiful women in front of 10 of your friends, your friends are going to have varying responses on who they think you should date and why. So I think that uh, it is very difficult just because of simple human nature and I think all these guys present so many different opportunities. And the thing I've been seeing with Anthony Richardson, and we talked about this a little bit in a pre-show, is that, you know, when you look at the Lamar Jackson factor, and I heard the, the, the story about him this morning, and they were talking about the OBJ thing, but coming into his draft, he was, quote, unquote, the biggest risk. Now he's turned into a top 10 quarterback in the league. You talk about Jalen Hurts. People thought that he was a huge risk. I talked about before on this show the draft uh, breakdown of him when he came out, that he wasn't accurate, that he was a one-read quarterback, that he had attitude issues, and look at him. He was in the Super Bowl. He was in an MVP candidate and bought out in the Super Bowl against the Patrick Mahomes. I think all those factors are going to sway uh, very much into the direction of an Anthony Richardson, that if you do take a chance on this guy that has fixable attributes with everything else that you get, you could end up having a tremendous prospect that's going to put – uh, a lot of pressure on defense. Well, and, and even with Anthony Richardson, you, you bring up Lamar Jackson, you bring up Jalen Hurts, and of course Anthony Richardson could be an outlier here. That's totally, I, I could see that. People that watch his film, they are telling you, look, the stats don't necessarily back up just how lack of separation the wide receivers were able to get and that the pass catchers there down in Gainesville weren't what they usually are. But with Lamar Jackson and with Jalen Hurts, those guys also had 
awesome college careers. Mm -hmm. Like they were very good and there's nobody knocking their production. It was all about whether they could be an NFL QB. And then even with Jalen Hurts, his timeline, if he was going to hit, his timeline took about what we expected, right? Like if you always thought Jalen Hurts was going to be a good QB. No, he did. But it, but remember, big questions coming into this year until they got the roster very right around him. That roster, that offensive line is one of the best we've seen in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. That defense had pass rushers all over the place where everybody got eight sacks. If you lined up on the line of scrimmage last year for Philadelphia, you got eight sacks. And then we talked about hitting on a linebacker like Edwards, having two guys on I mean, James Brad. The, the, the roster was nuts mm-hmm. surrounding Hurts. And so it took a while. You have a whole offensive system designed around Lamar, but also this is someone that you could argue should have won two Heismans. You could. Anthony Richardson wasn't even close. And so I do think there's a difference when you're worried about the lack of production, even with there being legitimate excuses, where it's not like Lamar Jackson had this star-studded cast at wide receiver. Yeah, you know, Reggie Bonifant got NFL time. Like, he was out there in the backfield for sure. But it's not a star-studded cast. And so I I do think there are differences when you're talking about Lamar and Jalen Hurts compared to what Anthony Richardson did his lone year in college, or last year when we really were paying attention. Now, we're up against the break, but I will ask you, do you think that the fact that Anthony Richardson did have to play in a brand-new offense last year, had to learn a different playbook uh, on top of, you know, some of the other adversity that he had to face – that he came out admirably. Is this another fact that we should consider? Because sure. Jalen Hurts had a Lincoln Riley. Then we talk about Lamar Jackson. He had uh, Bobby Petrino for two seasons. So is this a factor that we can also throw in Richardson's favor? The fact that he was playing in a new offense, new head coach. I'm down for any excuse you want to give me, for sure. Like I, this is, I am not downplaying any of the excuses. When you are a decision maker, where you are going to get hired or fired, or I mean, keep your job or fired by a job, by a selection, certainly at the top of the draft then it's going to be a lot more palatable for the fan base. It's going to be easier to swallow when you're talking about the Heisman winners, Lamar Jackson, college production. Plus, plus when you're talking about where those guys were taken, you don't have the risk. Now, it turned out great for him, and I know that's not necessarily what you're arguing. You're saying because it worked out great in a redraft, they'd be drafted higher. I totally get it. I'm not here to downplay any excuse. I'm actually here for him. But when you're talking about Richardson to the production that Young and C.J. Stroud had, that's where it's tough to go with the Richardson who did not have the production. All right. So when we come back, though, we're going to continue this discussion. Also, Scott Fitterer made comments that lend itself to thinking that the Panthers are quarterback away. Are they? We'll answer that and more. This is the Wesson Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.